From the studios of Boise State Public Radio, I'm Gemma Cadet. More Idaho Matters right now. It's been more than 80 years since Hattie McDaniel made history as the first black actor to win an Oscar. She accepted the award for her role as Mammy in Gone with the Wind. Well, now the story of that night is being reimagined in the play Boulevard of Bold Dreams, which is premiering on the Alley Repertory Theater stage next week in Boise. Joining us now to talk more about the upcoming performance are Dakota Brown, the director of the production, and Shanna Taveras, who plays Hattie McDaniel. I want to welcome both of you to the program. Hello, good morning. Thank you for having us. us. So, Dakota, let me start with you. Tell us a little bit more about the story behind the play and really the night that the play is based around. Yes, most definitely. So the place the play takes place at the historic Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles, specifically in the uh, bar called the Coconut Grove. Um, the Coconut Grove was a sort of a major cultural hub of the area at the time. Um, a lot of musicians around then got their starts there. It was a very big sort of Art Deco opulent um, a gathering place. Uh, they would have nightly uh, live performances of music that they would broadcast across the country. And so um, folks like Louis Armstrong would perform and um, uh, occasionally that's where they would um, get get more airplay and such. Um, that said, it was a segregated hotel. And so it was pretty unprecedented um, just for any Black American to be invited there who wasn't working on staff. Um, and the playwright Ladarian Williams imagined what it would have been like if Hattie McDaniel arrived that night and found her way into a sort of back corner bar area that was run mm. by um, a, a black bartender and his best friend who was a maid also working at that hotel. So it's this sort of imagined instance of a conversation between the three of them. Um, and beyond that, the the folk, the gentleman who's currently working at the bar, um, Arthur Brooks mm. is his name, has these large dreams of becoming the becoming a, a major director, and in fact, winning an Academy Award for Best Director, which would have been utterly unprecedented at the time. And so, the play ends up being an exploration of creativity, of dreaming, um, of oppression, and of how complicated it was for Miss Hattie McDaniel on that particular night um, to win an Oscar for this particular performance, which um, which granted was very heavily criticized by the NAACP at the time for obvious reasons, and what it meant for a Black American to receive such an accolade and in this particular way. So can we talk a little bit more really about the significance of Hattie winning this Oscar when she did? Um, because I think that this has got to be really bittersweet in some regards when we look at the discrimination that she was facing. I mean, this, as you mentioned, Dakota, this was a segregated venue, right? So mm-hmm. when the when she won the Oscar, she wasn't even allowed to sit with her co-stars. That's correct. That's correct. Yes, she had to sit in a in a back booth um, away from everyone else. Essentially, the her Oscar acceptance speech was pre written. Um, she truly didn't even own the, the words she had with which to accept this, the speech, or rather with which to accept the Oscar. And mm-hmm. I believe the the playwright Ladarian really wanted to give Hattie her voice back in some way um, and to really, to really dig into how complicated that was. I mean, and 
there was um, one of the premieres of Gone with the Wind. She wasn't even invited. Um, and in fact, Clark Gable was going to boycott that premiere. And Hattie McDaniel was the one that told him he can't do that. He's the star. You know, it was at a segregated wow. theater. She couldn't even attend that premiere. Um, and yeah, Clark Gable was really, uh, they were they were very close friends. Um, and, and truly in the end, she she just wanted to sit with her cast. Um, it, it takes a, a large group of people to put together something like that. And, and you know, for those of us in the creative field, um, I think we, we all have a sensitivity to the fact that some of the members of our team can be erased like that and what that means. Mm-hmm. Shanna, mm-hmm. what has it been like to play Hattie McDaniels? And, and I'm curious about how you connected with her and, and not just as this character in the, in the play, but, but really she was a real life person and, and iconic in so many ways. Yes. I think that's the perspective that I took it from just trying to connect with her as a real life person. I'm bringing Shanna into this character, but trying to connect with Hattie just on a personal level. And, and how do you do that? I mean, when, when you, really have to embody not just a character, but a real life person? Uh, I think there are just some things because of the um, our history in this country, um, there's probably mm-hmm. some things that I can already relate to as far as um, some of her experiences, certainly not to the degree that she had. Um, but I just think about that. And just to put this in perspective, we're basically about... Uh, one gener- we're one generation outside of slavery at this point uh, when Hattie accepts that award. Both her parents mm. were were formerly enslaved. Um, so I I'm looking at that when I'm when I'm thinking about this character and mm-hmm. the challenges that she has faced, um, not just in her not just as an adult, but during her childhood. Well, and and Shanna, did you find parallels at all with uh, Hattie's experience, and really, I think what women of color in the entertainment industry are still experiencing today. I mean, there. I mean, yes, it's different, but there is such still pay inequity for Black female performers with within Hollywood. Yes, there was a connection there. I'm not. On, I'm not in Hollywood, so I can't speak to that. Yeah. But um, I would say there's a connection there. I do live in a um, dominant culture space. Um, so I would say just for me on a professional level, as far as that's concerned, not just professional, but personal, mm-hmm. uh, that's where I, I see the connection. And, and, and Dakota, what about that as you are putting the play together, right? That this mm-hmm. hopefully ability that the play will resonate with, with so many people on so many different levels. I mean, we, you know, mm-hmm. as, as we just talked about, I mean, this, this pay inequity, there are still such barriers for women of color within the entertainment industry. And, and yet I, I think just women as a whole with so many barriers that we still face. Yes. Um, 100%. Um, so in large part, um, part of the beauty of this particular play is uh, the, the playwright really wanted to make sure that we remained connected um, to, to now, to 2024. Um, that it doesn't, it just exists in a sort of nostalgic space of, of um, you know, having having the perspective of being 80 years removed from this particular night. Um, it mm-hmm. really, 
I, I don't want to give too many of the surprises away necessarily, but he draws a very direct line um, from uh, Hattie McDaniel's um, acceptance of the Oscar to recent Oscar winners of color, um, recent women of color who have, who have achieved the same sort of success. Um, and so we really at all times want to remember that we are here now, but that wasn't as far back as we assume. Um, it is still going on. We still do see pay disparity, inequality, um, especially in what is ostensibly um, a fairly progressive um, a, a sort of universe, which is the creation of art and entertainment. We sort of, we, we have this assumption that the entertainment industry is more progressive than other industries, but the reality is we're all um, inheritors of, of, of this culture. Um, and it, if it goes without examination, then the history is just bound to repeat itself. And so mm. really taking this moment to say, to, to, to put the microscope on, on now and on that time and say, okay, we've advanced, but how far? And, and what can we do moving forward? And what is the real human cost to the folks who get erased or to the folks whose, um, whose successes and experiences we decide just not to focus on? Um, and yeah, it's, it's, we really want to make sure that it's understood that, that yes, this is about, this is about Patty, and this is about a particular time, but it is so much about now as well. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you hoping that audiences take away from this this production? That's such a good question. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping that I'm hoping that audiences come away curious. I'm hoping that audiences come away with a a, a sense of not not criticism, but a sense of curiosity about our current culture and. Mm-hmm and an interest in history and how we got here. Um, I sort of a, a bit parodic what I said before, but I think it doesn't behoove us to not consider how we got here. You know, um, a, lot mm-hmm. of, uh, a, lot of, a lot of us, I think, um, we, we sort of look at our culture or look at our history as if we're in the final 10 pages of the book, but there are thousands of pages prior and having an understanding of what led us here can give us some agency as far as considering how we move forward from here. And Shanna, same kind of question to you. What are you hoping that audiences walk away from uh, watching this? I'm hoping, as Dakota said, that it will give them a curiosity, that will spark a curiosity and give them a perspective that they may not have had before. That's one of the things that I love about theater is that um, I feel like theater and film can bring to light uh, subjects that aren't as easily expressed through everyday conversation. And I feel that sometimes that tugs more at the heart, being able to see something on stage or on film. And so I'm hoping that's what this does. Even if uh, the audience has possibly had conversations about this before, that perhaps they'll see a different perspective, a new perspective, uh, seeing this played out on stage. Well, I want to thank you both so much for taking time to talk with us about this and to bring to our attention this play. I really appreciate your time. Thank, thank you, you so much for having us. Thanks so much for listening to Idaho Matters. Boise State Public Radio and Idaho Matters are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Gemma Gaudette. We'll see you tomorrow. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, 
we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.